Hey everybody, welcome back to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. This is the show that takes a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious insanity therein. My name is Randy, I am your host on this journey, and I've got another episode for you today. But of course, before we get in that, gotta go through the normal housekeeping things, so of course we gotta let you know that Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Go to geekworldorder.com for all the latest and greatest geeky content media. Find us on social media. Check us out on Facebook. Look up Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast and Geek Roll Order. Twitter and Instagram, both at Geek Roll Order. And Geek Roll Order also has a YouTube channel that you can go to, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And of course, we're on all the major podcast provider outlets. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google. All that good stuff, you know, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating, leave us a comment, all that good stuff. Please help this podcast grow. And today, once again, we transform and roll out. That's right, folks, we're looking at an episode of Transformers today. And this is an episode that I have watched many, many, many times as a child because I had this episode on VHS and I pretty sure i wore this vhs out as a child today we're looking at the episode divide and conquer so we open up the episode with our amazing narrator victor crowley talking about earth factories and they're uh working on weapons uh very specifically anti-decepticon weapons and, of course, Chip Chase is there. He's inspecting one of these facilities. And, of course, he's hoping that his, you know, smarts and his computer savvy will help them develop new methods to include, you know, just to improve their weapons, the output of it. Well, just as this is happening, our three Decepticons, um, colloquially known nowadays as the Seekers, Starscream, Skywarp, Thundercracker, they just so happen to attack this factory. Like, they just dive through the walls. They're really just not even paying attention to the humans. They're starting to drain the energy. But luckily, their ignorance allows Chip to briefly get off a distress signal to contact the Autobots. So, first question I have here. Shouldn't this weapons factory have better defenses? Oh, I don't know, especially for the enemy that is literally the reason this weapons factory exists to make anti-Decepticon weapons. Shouldn't there be like some already developed anti-Decepticon weapons that are ready to go defend this? Nah, no, the security for this place is literally just the generic G.I. Joe green shirts. Come on, brah. You got green shirts defending your freaking weapons factory. But we'll get back to that in a moment. We go to Optimus Prime and Spike. They're on the field. They're searching because they're trying to find out where the next location of the Decepticon space bridge will be. But they're not doing so well in that regard but that's okay there's some action coming in they get the uh they get chips call for help uh so as it's happening optimus prime is talking to ironhide and some other autobots at the base 
just kind of letting them know, hey, we ain't got nothing, but we got this distress signal. Autobots, transform and meet me at the weapons factory. So they head out that way. They transform, which in this scene, um, a number of Autobots, including Ironhide, Trailbreaker, Wheeljack. Um, for some reason, Sunstreaker, Sunstreaker is shown animated here. But by the time the next scene occurs, it's Bumblebee for like the rest of the scene. But yeah, so we go back to the factory where Optimus Prime arrives with Spike. And he's ready to fight. I mean, come on. Three to one odds? This ain't even fair for the Decepticons, man. So Megatron's instructing them. And Megatron tells him to gang up on Optimus Prime. And for some reason, they don't understand this. Uh, Thundercracker and Skywarp go to make individual attacks against Optimus Prime. Um, Skywarp, I believe, fires a heat-seeking missile at Prime. The chip warns him it's a... But how do you know? There's really been no indication that this missile is heat-seeking. And Prime just kind of swats it away like it's nothing. He just, like, he just, like, shark nose punches it out of the way. It's like, whatever. So eventually, the three idiots figure out what gang up means, and they attack Optimus Prime together with a volley of shots. And one of these random shots just happens to... Just careen away at one of the computers running the lab. And it causes a massive overload and a meltdown of this. So Prime, being the hero that he is, I'll I'll hold black back the blast. I'll protect you. So he dives into the exploding computer. Literally becomes a like a giant robot shield and just lets the explosion tear over his body. So at this point the Decepticons take advantage of it. They strike Optimus Prime. He collapses. He's down. He's burning. He's fire. He's on he's literally on fire. So question wouldn't it be wouldn't it have been easier and safer if Prime had turned his back to the explosion and just shielded Chip and Spike and the one professor that was there with him? Like, he could have done the whole robot shield thing, but he could have just been like, oh yeah, let me turn my back here and let, let me just like cover you guys so you guys don't get hit with the sparks. So yeah... I mean, I guess if that had happened, we wouldn't have an episode here. But right at this time, the Autobots show up. The the Decepticons, uh, Megatron basically gives them orders. He's like, um, yeah, do not engage the other Autobots. Retreat. Bring back the Energon cubes you have. So they leave. Their mission is basically accomplished. They've got some Energon cubes. The Autobots come in. Prime is damaged. He's damaged. He's burnt. His power relays are fused. 
limited mobility. He's just uh, speech slow, labored. Part replacement, essential. Almost kept William Shatnering it, but still with more emotional range than uh, William Shatner as Captain Kirk. In, especially in those over-hammy moments. So, basically, we get to the Autobots headquarters, so uh, they're basically confirming that, you know, yep, Prime is pretty bad. So, we cut to the Decepticon base. Starscream is, of course, bragging that he's destroyed Optimus Prime. He saw him cease to function. Megatron's like, I don't believe you, Starscream. Laserbeak, go make sure this idiot isn't lying. So yeah, Laserbeak is sent into spy mode, and he catches up with the Autobots as they're coming into the base. So Laserbeak just transforms into his cassette mode and just lands right on Braun's shoulder. Like, there was definitely a clunk... Like, you could hear the metal-on-metal metal action there. Like, on his shoulder. I mean, apparently this is Bronze... Bronze weak spot is apparently his shoulders because that's how he dies in Transformers the movie is a blast through the shoulders. It just tears his entire chest cavity apart. But no. Nothing. Braun doesn't feel it. Nothing. So apparently... His Achilles heel is his freaking shoulders. Ow. Yeah, Braun. Why? It, it literally, like, there was a sound in Braun. You felt nothing? Nothing at all. Oh, this is... So, yeah, we learned that Optimus Prime's electro pulse is fading. He's really not doing so well. But he's still alive. So with that news, Megatron orders Laserbeak to attack. And pew 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 pew. Just shoots lasers right into Prime's open chest. Causing another explosion within the body of Optimus Prime. And for some reason, nobody jumps to like try to catch Laserbeak or stop him or do anything. They just let him shoot. Like, there's not even an attempt. Like, nobody tries to shoot laser beak down. Nothing. Like, they just let Prime get zapped. And this is sad. So, we have an explosion. It's not looking good for our heroic leader, who's taken two very, very gnarly shots to the chest. Within just the few minutes of screen time we've had on this episode so far. But is Optimus Prime alive? Did he die? Well, folks, we're going to have to reach into our bag of magic TV tropes and go, well, we're going to let this sink in for dramatic effect because we need to take a commercial break. So as always, we've come to the commercial break of the episode. So we'll take a commercial break here on the podcast, folks, and we'll be right back. 
Mom, your grandma. Twins. Yeah, they just arrived. Introducing Cabbage Patch Kids Twins. It doesn't happen very often. Congratulations, Frank. Oh, we just heard. They're okay, so well. cute. What's her name? This is Emma Lowe, and this is the Animal Ray. Emma Blue is a chubby one. That's Diana Marie. Emma Blue. Oh, I heard this one was in. Grown up. The Cabbage Patch Kids Twins. They arrive together with special adoption papers. Can anything stop the animal? The animal. It's a big, powerful 4x4. But when the going gets tough, it bears its claws to climb over anything that gets in its way. The animal, the animal, can anything stop? The animal, the animal. The animal, clawing its way to the top. The animal, each sold separately, batteries not included. New from Galoob. America's favorite family, Eight is Enough. Weekday mornings at 10 on Channel 2. There's only one, two. The Transformers will return after these messages. Cobra Hydrofoil shooting across the water is an evil new foe. Cobra Hydrofoil's gonna get G.I. Joe. Introducing the Cobra Hydrofoil. The G.I. Joe battle platform's under attack. Cobra! Raise the missile rack. Fire the torpedoes. Cobra Hydrofoil, G.I. Joe Tactical Battle Platform. Other Joe and Cobra figures each sold separately from Hasbro. The Battle of the Sectors continues. Pinsor has been sealed in the Cavern of Doom. When suddenly, night-fighting Dargon bursts through the stone wall, freeing Pinsor. Now they race to carry out their battle plan. But evil Spydrax positions his army for an ambush at the Hive. Will Dargon walk into Spydrak's evil trap? Watch the next episode of Sectors by Coleco. All right, and we are back. So the spark, so the smoke and the sparks from the blast are clearing out, and we learned that yes, Optimus Prime has survived the blast. His energy levels are low. He's clearly fading fast. And his laser core is almost to the point of exhaustion. But Ratchet knows exactly what to do. He leaps into action. He goes to fix Optimus Prime. He's like, well, to do it, I'm going to need a Cosmotron. You're like, what's a Cosmotron? It's like, well, it's... It's our MacGuffin device. It's just the magic device that's going to make things happen here. But, so, Bumblebee's like, Alright, where do I go get one? I'm going to go roll in town and get it. It's like, well, it's not that easy, Bumblebee. Because Wheeljack's like, I only know of one in existence. It's in my shop, back on Cybertron. It's under and my shop is under Decepticon control. So we're gonna need to arrange a little bit of a a mobile party here, a strike team. But we're gonna need someone who understands computers to be able to pick the lock. Huffer is being a whiny little so and so. Ironhide has to shut him up. 
He's like, well, I only know one person who's good enough with computers to do that. And Chip's like, yeah, I just vol yeah, I just volunteered for this mission, didn't I? Well, guess it's a good thing I wanted to go explore other planets. So we cut back to the Decepticon base. Megatron is communicating with Shockwave. That way he so he can learn the location of the space bridge. He gets a visual communication because obviously at some point that energy's gonna have to go back to Cybertron for some nefarious purpose they have. More on that later. So we cut back to the Autobots base. Chip is doing his computer magic voodoo that he does so well. He's like, I'm going to do what Optimus Prime apparently couldn't do for some reason. I'm going to use Teletran 1 to figure out where the, where the next coordinates for the space bridge are going to be. <laughs> oh, Spike with his just dumb lines. He's like, wow, you're just like Sherlock Holmes with floppy disks. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm just gonna let this one slide, let it slide. This was dumb, but you know what? Spike will redeem himself later in the episode. So I'm gonna let this one slide. You're getting a pass, Spike. Barely, you're barely getting a pass right now, but you will redeem yourself later in this episode. So, okay. Anyway, we cut to the forest, and oh look. The uh, space bridge, right where its location has, I think, always been? Or maybe they just built a new bridge really quick? So Starscream and Rumble are there with a reflector. They're filling up the uh, loading cart full of the Energon cubes. But they need someone to pilot it across the space bridge. Make sure it fully, fully gets to its destination. And poor Reflector. One of the three parts of Reflector. He's like, no, no, not me, no. So, Starscream's like, yeah, I'm in charge here. And just shoves him right into the little uh, loading cargo shuttle. Shoves him off. But luckily, mission success. He lands on Cybertron in the control center. Shockwave greets him. Hugs all around. Energy has been delivered to Cybertron for evil, nefarious purposes. But just then, Autobots show up. So, of course, and just randomly, like, this freak thunderstorm occurs also. So it's like, um, why? So it knocks down a tree. Rumble uses his pile of drivers to shake things up. It's a back-and-forth fight. And you've got Blue Streak, Bumblebee, Trailbreaker, Ironhide. Yeah, it's just a small ragtag team. But Megatron's got a plan. He's watching the battle. He's like, Starscream, let the Autobots win. Let them get on the, on the space bridge. I'll take care of them. So yeah, Starscream, they, they take a dive. They basically walk right into the Autobots' blasters. Uh, Ironhide's using his uh, hand attachment where he can, like, shoot stuff. He shoots a freezing beam at Starscream. Uh, Rumble gets taken out by just basically 
diving into one of Trailbreaker's, uh, like the beam coming off his shoulder thing. The reflect reflector just gets his butt handed to him. I think he was going to get it handed to him anyway, but yeah. So the Autobots, they transform, they drive into this, into the space bridge and they're teleported to Cybertron. Which apparently Shockwave has no idea what's going on here. Megatron couldn't have switched over to like channel two on his radio and be like, hey, Shockwave, um, I'm sending some Autobots your way. Take care of them. But no, 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 no. So the Autobots basically just make short work of Shockwave and Reflector. Um, Ironhide grabs a tank off the wall and shoots liquid nitrogen on the ground, which basically makes a big gummy mess that Shockwave and Reflector are stuck in. So they literally can't walk. So they make it out into the cold, desolate streets of Cybertron. And Megatron contacts out to a group of that look very similarly in structure to our Seekers. But they are just very bright, vivid colors. Like one is like bright green. One is bright yellow. I think one is purple. And basically they're like the weird, oddly colored ones that we see in the first in the very first episode of Transformers in More Than Meets the Eye. Before they're like recolored like two seconds later to be like, you know, the Starscream Skywarp Thundercracker colors. And these are referred to as the Rainmakers. And that is and that is Megatron's instruction to destroy the Autobots with rain. Acid rain. So we get to Wheeljack's workshop. And very quickly, Chip does the voodoo that he does so well. He picks the lock. Nothing of it. Ironhide, like, shines a flashlight from his head, like, and literally finds the Cosmotron in, like, three seconds. And all while they're doing this super elaborate lock-picking espionage mission, our Seekers have seeded the clouds with all the materials needed to create the acid rainstorm. And it starts... It starts to rain. The Autobots. Like, oh no, it's acid rain. It'll short us out. And it's obviously some very strong stuff. Because, like, they don't get far from Wheeljack's lab. And they just start collapsing. It's like, Bumblebee is just like, we failed, Chip. We failed. It's like, oh no, are the Autobots really dead? Are they going to die? Because, surprisingly, the divide and conquer tactic seems to be working. We've Megatron's already cut off the Autobot leader from his troops. Uh, these four Autobots are on Cybertron, far away from their friends, seemingly vanquished. But, will is this the end of our Autobot heroes? Will the day be saved? Well, you're going to have to wait and find out because we do have one more commercial break and we're going to go ahead and take that right now. We'll be back in a moment, folks. 
Alabama looking to buy a brand new car. Well, Matchbox Motors can take you far. Choose from 75 different automobiles. Then come to Matchbox Motors with your new wheels. To keep your car looking shiny and new, Matchbox Car Wash is a place for you. They'll wash your car and spin it dry. Come to Matchbox Car Wash and give it a try. Matchbox knows all there is about cars. That's why we're the automotive superstars. Matchbox Motors, Matchbox Car Wash, and Matchbox Cars, each sold separately. Introducing Casey, the tape player with personality. He rings a ring, he talks to you. Hi, my name is Casey. Casey, it's amazing the things you can do. Casey tells stories and jokes, too. Don't the joke, Casey. What do you get when you mix two ducks with one cow? Quarkers and milk. <laughs> You're amazing. Casey plays all your tapes, too. Santa Claus will be here real soon. Casey, you're amazing. Casey comes with activity book and cassette from Play School. Other cassettes sold separately. And for this year's best show pony... We won! We won! I knew we could do it. Now Cabbage Patch Kids have their own purebred show pony. A pony! Wow! You're the registration papers. And you can name them yourself. I think we'll call them. Oh, wow. Pony rides, pony rides. Step right up and get your pony ride. The Cabbage Patch Kids show pony. Some come with Cabbage Patch Kids in special Western gear. You're a Toys R Us kid. So come on and join us. Jeffrey. We're going to the magic world. It's called Toys R Us. It's a magical land. So where else would you go? When everything's a Toys R Us and prices are low. All right, and we are back. So we cut to the Decepticon base. Megatron seems pretty pleased with the work he's done. And he's absolutely convinced these Autobots have been vanquished. He turns off the viewer. He's like, yep, they're dead. They're dead. They're clearly dead. They're done. So, unlike earlier, he wasn't He wasn't convinced that Starscream had done the job. That just must be how much he hates Starscream. He's like, oh, no, these Autobots are done for. No, I don't. I don't trust you. No, Optimus Prime's not dead. I'm sure of it. Gotta make sure. But these Autobots, totally donezo. They are so done. They are donezo. They are donezo Washington. Oh, Megatron, you poor, poor unfortunate soul. Because as they turn off the monitor, you know, so for some reason... It's literally raining acid. Corrosive, destructive acid. And this does nothing to Chip. It, like, doesn't burn his flesh. Nothing. Chip is somehow impervious to this acid rain. Somehow this acid rain only affects, like, the metal components of the Transformers. It's like, really? Like, it's not even melting Chip's chair away. Nothing. And they're like, uh, he's like, come on, guys, do it. He's like, uh, oh, we're, we're crippled. We're done for. And Chip, like, he just has his 
awesome rallying speech. He's like, no one's ever really disabled as long as he has courage. So he's like, all right, so obviously it worked. So they start fighting. They're getting up. Trailbreaker, he's like, all right, if I can just get up a force field. All right. It's like, yes, he's got the he's got the shield up. So now the Autobots repair, auto repair systems can start kicking in. Blue Streak's got his blasters ready to go. He's like, pew, pew, pew. So he fires a few shots in those clouds and dispersing them. That the toxic rain clouds that the that the rainmakers put in. Those are wiped away. And of course. So apparently these auto heal systems are like Wolverine's healing ability, because these guys are like back to normal within like a few seconds. So like, alright, so we're gonna be uh we're gonna be a little selective here. But they make their way past uh, Shockwave and make and get right back in the space bridge and go to Earth. And so we cut back to Earth. Megatron is gloating. He's ready. He's like, yes, now is the time to strike. Now we will conquest the Autobots. I personally will lead this attack. So they go. They fly. We cut back to the Autobot base. A warning beacon goes off. And it's like, Decepticons. And it looks like all of them. We're doomed. We're doomed. Shut up, Huffer. So it's like, yeah, no, they... So, they're kind of realizing this is a hopeless battle. It's like, really? Optimus Prime... This is hopeless. So, for context here, we're only this. We are six episodes into the season of season one, so we have not been introduced to Skyfire, or the Insecticons, or the Dinobots, or the Constructicons. We just have the crews of the two ships that were that came to Earth. Sixteen Autobot warriors. Eight Decepticons. Um, depending on how you want to count Soundwave's minions, it could be 11. So upwards of 11 Decepticons, 16 Autobots. So even without Optimus Prime, and minus the four that are on Cybertron, we're still looking at 11 Autobots. 11 versus 11 Decepticons. Nobody's outnumbered at this point. But for uh, whatever, whatever. So it's doom and gloom. Everyone's like, oh, no, we can't do anything. It's like, all right, I guess we're really that weak without Optimus Prime. Everyone's a terrible warrior, whatever. And Spike's like, come on, guys. Let's go do it. So, Spike redeems himself. 
he grabs Jazz's gun, and he's just got that inspirational line. He's like, come on, guys. We can't go down without trying. Prime would want us to go for it, no matter the odds. Well, are you with me? Or do I fight this battle alone? It's like, somehow, the inspirational speech worked. Even Huffer. Huffer of all Autobots is like, We get the message, Spike. You can't fight this fight, but we can. So he orders the Autobots to transform and roll out. Um, writers, what are you thinking? So even though Ironhide is away on um, Cybertron, you still have Jazz. You still have Prowl, who, in even going back to the first episode, have been established as high, basically some of the highest ranking Autobots under Optimus Prime of this time. But no, we're going to go with Huffer to lead the charge. Whatever. So yeah, they get there, the Decepticons come in, and, well, the Autobots just basically get picked off one by one. They just get their butts handed to them. And some like Spike gets taken out by Ravage. So Spike is still trying to wield Jazz's blaster. He gets a few shots off at Ravage. Like, bad kitty. But Ravage jumps him. And yet somehow Spike survives. Okay, Spike is some kind of weird metahuman. But the Autobots are still barely hanging on. The other Autobots return. So Blue Streak, Trailbreaker, Ironhide, they join the battle. Spike gets with Chip and Bumblebee. And they race towards Autobot headquarters. And yes, they get the Cosmotron to Prime. Um, okay, so I guess we did have a little bit of a disadvantage because um, Wheeljack and Ratchet did stay behind to guard Optimus Prime. And then, you know, hey, if they happen to come back with a Cosmotron, they can just install it. So yes, the Autobots are wounded they're injured they're all on the ground megatron's gloating he's like yes i have conquered the autobots is there anyone in the universe who will challenge the might of megatron and just hear a voice behind him go there is one megatron i optimus prime challenge you so the challenge is laid down and Starscream is like, well, according to Cybertronian law, you have to take this one and one on one. And just slightly earlier in the episode, Starscream literally told Megatron that, hey, um, maybe we should conserve some energy here because you never know. So Starscream was actually right. And what do you know? The battle took a lot of energy out of Megatron. So, Optimus Prime and Megatron fight. And honestly, it really doesn't even take long for Megatron to lose. He gets solely defeated. And it was like, Starscream, help me. 
It's like, um, no, you have to do this yourself. Uh, you know, Cybertronian law can't help you. Even though we're the bad guys, we're not, you know, ooh, we're bad guys, we don't follow the laws. But nope, you have to do the Cybertronian code of ethics. He's like, so yeah, basically, Megatron is made to yield. He's defeated. Starscream is like, I told you so. And he orders the Decepticons to retreat. The day is saved. We kind of, you know, the Autobots are kind of regathering. Spike and Chip are on a cliff. He's like, uh, do you think that's the end of them? Spike's like, no, they'll be back. Man. So this episode was, honestly, it was fun. It was a good Decepticon plan. It's like, oh, okay, you know, we, all right, let's take advantage of this thing with Optimus Prime. And they're like, oh, and they're still trying to find the space bridge. Well, oh, you know what? Let them take the space bridge. There's another chunk of the Autobots that are missing. Their forces are outnumbered. We can weaken them. Yeah, Megatron. So maybe you should have taken your own advice from the beginning of the episode and made sure these other Autobots were completely done and vanquished, dead. Really, you couldn't have told the Rainmakers to go put some holes in their head or something. Ah, Megatron, you almost had it. This was almost the perfect plan. But, of course, you had to just mess it all up because that's what 80s evil villains do. They mess things up. They can't just let the good thing happen. They got got to mess it up. Little details. But, overall, this was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. I've watched this episode so many times. Like I said, I had this episode on VHS as a kid. Ugh. So many good memories. But this is a good episode otherwise. Like, honestly, like the idea was good. The episode delivered. It had that good moment for Spike, for Chip. You know, it had the cool ending with Optimus Prime coming back, fully fixed. So it delivered. It was good. Definitely recommend checking out Divide and Conquer. Great episode of the Transformers. Uh, but I think that'll do it this week, guys. Uh, it's been another episode of Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast, a production of Geek World Order. Go to geekworldorder.com. Check us out on social media. Um, we're everywhere as Geek World Order. You can also like Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast on Facebook. Check us out on all of the podcast providers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us the rating and review. All that good stuff. And uh, I'll see you next time. <laughs>